So the peculiar thing about being a Christian, it seems to me, is that uh, the Spirit of God is making us more like Christ so that it can be said of us, of each of you, that you are like God. When we look at one another, we can look at one another and see something of who God is in one another. So I can say, I am like God because by the grace of the Spirit of God, he is conforming me to the pattern of his son, Jesus. Um, And we can say that of one another, and that's true. But at the same time, we must also say in the same breath, God is not like you. God is not like me. I am like God, but God is not like me, in the sense that the fullness of who God is cannot be expressed and contained within each or any one of us individually. The fullness of God can only be found in human form in one person, Jesus, who lived in history. And I've been reflecting on this a little bit over the past few days, and uh, the, the parable that we just read in Luke 18 draws this out a little bit. I am like God in some ways, but God is not like me in so many ways. I was reflecting about on this over the weekend when we had Father's Day, and uh, I was thinking about what it means to try and be a good father to my children and to try and model something of the father love of God to them. And of course, I fail horrendously in so many ways, and I need to keep on reminding my children that God is not like me. I might be a bit like God, but God is so much more than what I can model to them. Now, my children get frustrated with me because I tend to be quite preoccupied and busy and I spend a lot of time uh, in my study, a lot of time going out to meetings, or working, and uh, I'm not as good as I should be at making time to spend with them and they sometimes have to nag me to come and spend time with them and they have to ask me repeatedly. Sometimes it's reasonable, sometimes there is a good reason why I can't meet their demands or their request there and then. Uh, On Sunday we had friends over for lunch and spending the afternoon with us and uh, my son Seth wanted me to do something on the iPad with him and I said this is not the right time to do that, we'll do it after our guests have left. But other times I'm just preoccupied and distracted and they're nagging me and really I could give them the attention and uh, that, they, that they need, they desire, but I'm preoccupied with my own sense of what I think is important, what I want to do, catching up on Facebook or email or reading the paper or whatever it might be. There's something of that going on in this parable today that Jesus teaches uh, about the widow, the persistent widow going to the judge. We have to understand when we read this parable that it's not like all the parables of Jesus. The parables of Jesus are divided into different kinds of categories or different ways in which they function and work. Some of them work as sort of direct analogies where Jesus tells a parable and we're supposed to see one element of the story matching one element of reality. Think of the parable of the sower where the seed falls on particular kinds of ground and that's supposed to be demonstrative or illustrative of different ways in which people might receive the word of God. But this parable is a parable of contrast. It's making a contrast between an earthly reality and the spiritual reality, the heavenly reality of how God is and how God operates. It's a parable of contrast which is drawing upon something that Jesus says to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 7. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. He continues, which of you, if his son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more 
will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? How much more will God who is good come to give the gifts that we so desperately need? The parable of the persistent widow doesn't invite us to see Jesus like an un, uh, to see God as though he were an unjust judge who we have to nag and persuade and wear down into coming to us. Jesus is reminding us that the unjust judge is an earthly unjust judge. And how much more do we have a just and good God and Father who will come quickly to respond to our needs when we call upon him? So it's a peculiar uh, parable because it's inviting us to identify with the persistent widow in persevering, enduring, in persisting in prayer. So on the one hand, we are to identify the with, with the widow, but we are not supposed to be identifying the unjust judge with God our Father because God our Father is so much greater than the unjust judge. How much more will God our Father come to give us the justice that we so desperately need and we so desperately desire. That's a reality that we need to be able to engage with. It's all to do with our image of God, not seeing God as distant and remote and far off, but remembering that God is the Father who is beyond and above all other fathers, the perfect Father. My failed attempts to be uh, a good father to my children uh, pale in comparison with the fatherhood of God. He comes quickly to give the things that we need. And perhaps sometimes our image of God is distorted by the earthly experiences that we have and we think of God as being far off, distant and remote and we begin to relate to him and treat him as though that is just what he were. Well, perhaps today it's an opportunity to simply reflect on the fact that God is near. God is here, God is close, God is eager and willing and keen to come and be with us. So let's stand and let's uh, invite him be with us and it seems to me as though from what we heard just coming out of worship it's a chance to to draw close to him to invite the fatherhood of God the fatherly presence of God to be with us God we thank you that through Jesus we are adopted into your family and we can call you Father. Thank you that your spirit enables us to call out Abba, Father. Thank you that even the best days of our earthly fathers are only a foreshadowing of the kind of fatherhood that you bring to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that though we are invited to persist and to persevere and to remain steadfast in faith and in prayer, we do not address a distant God. We address the one who draws close to us. So come, Holy Spirit. Draw close to us right now. And we pray for a world that so desperately needs to know thee the Father heart of God. Pray for those who mourn, those who grieve, those who are bereaved. 
Father Heart. You are the defender of widows and the protector of orphans. All those who are alone, vulnerable and isolated find refuge in you. who walk through the valley of the shadow of death for refugees even now traveling across distant lands far from home seeking sanctuary and for those who live under the constant threat of persecution and violence simply for their faith their beliefs their politics their identity God, we pray for those who do feel um, victimized because of uh, something about themselves, who they are. Either their gender, their sexual orientation, their race, their cultural or class um, status. You lift up the humble. You exalt those who humble themselves. You lift us up. You are near to us. And as we worship you, we, we stand like a representative offering. We, we bring voice to the worship of all those who so desperately need your love this day.